Hi there, I'm Timmy Murphy and welcome to my podcast, This Man's World. This is a podcast series where I talk to all different men from different walks of life. On this series, you'll hear different stories from different men and what it's like being a modern man in a modern day world. Welcome to This Man's World. Welcome to episode number 14 of This Man's World podcast. It's been a bit of time since i spoken to the mic, well three months exactly since my last episode. Um, a lot has changed in the last three months, so I said I'd do another little solo episode. I like doing these solo episodes from time to time. I suppose people that follow me on Instagram know that I do a lot of talking from day to day. <laughs> Now, I pick and choose what I like to say, and I pick and choose what I put out there. Um, it's funny because a lot of people think that I would spend my life on Instagram, and it's actually the complete opposite. I very much create my content, and I put it out when I want to, um, and I'm very clever with what I say. Now, when I say I'm very clever with what I say, I don't prepare anything, or I don't... I don't really think anything true. I just hit the camera and I go and I'm literally liable to say anything. But I'd be very protective of what I say. So I kind of give people a snapshot of my life, but I don't go too deep in personal. I tend to kind of keep it on the funny side of things. Hence why I love doing this podcast, because I can kind of get that little bit more deep in personal on my podcast. So like if you're interested in me, you're going to take the time out of your day to switch on my podcast. Um... And hear what I have to say. Whereas I suppose people on Instagram just flick along and they might just come onto my story and be like, oh God, what's he on about now? Um, so I kind of like to show another layer or another perspective on the life of Timmy Murphy. So that's where I'm at. Episode 14, guys. Um, so the past three months, what have I been up to? So... I was. We were still in lockdown the last time. My last guest on was Aaron, uh, Aaron Nation, aka the drag queen Letitia Lassin, um, the cork-based drag queen, and we were still in lockdown. And there was no bars open. There was no restaurants open. There was no shops open, and we were back at square one. Um, and I was, I was, kind of on a bit of a roller coaster like we all were, and I was on a bit of a downer. But there was a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel and there was talks of shops opening and there was talks of normal life kind of resuming and stuff. So I knew I needed to get out there and I knew I needed to get a job because I hadn't worked in nearly a year. And it was really kind of taking its toll on my mental health. And I was really kind of struggling. I still live with my mum. And that's going okay. We have our ups and downs. If I'm honest, it's more me having my ups and downs than her. And I tend to take it out on her a little bit too much because we do that, don't we? But it's all pretty okay and it's all it's all going well. But I know back then, three months ago, I was kind of suffering and I was kind of desperate to get back out there into public. Um, And the gyms were closed. And I think the gyms being closed really, really affected me. Now, listen, I, I, you're not tuning in here to, to listen to a pity party and I'm not starting out on the negative. I'm just being realistic and I'm just telling you how it was. Um, so when the gyms had actually closed for like 
to fucking umpteen time. Um, I used to, I well, I do now, and I used to always do the morning class, uh, the morning training class from like half six to half seven in the morning. And I do those classes because it sets me up for the day. And if I miss that class, I'm not myself for the day. So it's it's like a drug, you know. It's it's that's it's that cliche stereotypical thing that people say about about the gym or working out that they go there for you know their their mentality, not for how they look. Um, and that is totally how it is with me. Like I would say, it's eighty percent for the head, twenty percent for my physique. Um, I need that class. I need that. I need that training in the morning. I need I need to start my day. I need to get out of the bed at six. I need to be in the car for quarter past six. I need to head to the gym. I need to push myself. You know, I need to push and, and make my own little goals when I go in there for the one hour and, you know, just be surrounded by like-minded people. And, and, you know, that sets me up for the day. So when I leave that gym at half seven, I'm like, yes, I can take on the fucking world. So when that closed, I was like, right, plan B. So plan B for me was to get up at half six every morning at the same time and get out and go walking. And I did that for a few weeks, but the weather was really bad. So then I stopped doing that. And then I had to kind of create a whole new routine. And and then I was... I, in fairness, I did... For the very kind of last lockdown we had, I, I, was a, I was a lot more positive when it came to my routine and stuff. Like, I wasn't staying in... I wasn't staying in the bed for so long. And I was like, right, Timmy, we have no date as to when these gyms are going to reopen. But I, I we all kind of expected it to be summertime. And I didn't want to come into summer feeling bad about myself, looking bad. Um, I didn't want to have fallen off the track. So, like, it's like that thing that I always say, like, you have that self-awareness of, right, this is coming, so I need to sort myself out. So I very much just pulled myself out of the deep, dark hole and just got on with it. Um, so I actually signed up to do... Do you know what? When I look back, it's actually crazy. I signed up to do, like, a cut with a trainer. And to be quite honest with you, I think it was probably the worst thing I ever done. I did it so I could be held accountable for every week. Um, I did it so I could get rid of the few little extra pounds that I had added on around my stomach and waist. And I did it because I wanted to feel that competitive streak again. I wanted to feel that... Um, just you know that feeling of yes I smashed my goal I smashed my goal weight or you know I, I wanted I wanted to just get back into that feeling um but what I it was actually a bit of a crazy plan and you often hear a trainers well, listen I am no bloody person trainer I haven't a bloody clue but you are I do follow them on on social media and stuff and you often hear trainers saying like it's not about calorie counting. It's it's about healthy choices and stuff. Well, this particular plan was about calorie counting. And my calories went down to like 1,500 for the first two weeks. And that really fucked my head up. And I did lose a lot of water weight and a lot of water retention. Is that what it's called? And I did lose all that. But it, like, it was a really fucking negative plan. Like, um, And the trainer was a good guy. And, you know he did his check-ins and that sort of stuff but I didn't feel motivated I didn't feel pushed in the end I was doing my exercises and not his so I kind of took control of the situation was like this this ain't working but I I did lose all that weight and I did cut down a lot of weight um and I you know I kind of got my abs back and stuff and I was kind of like looking in the mirror going 
mm, I don't know I don't know if this is for me because I've got like really bad headaches and I just don't know if I'm feeling good about this so I just went back to making healthy choices with my foods and um finally the gyms reopened and I actually went back I felt fitter and stronger um because I kind of kept up working out and the gym were so good to give us weights and stuff and that we could work out from home and they were doing live workouts and I tried not to miss any so by the time I got into the gym I was like okay I'm feeling good and that's all I wanted guys I wanted to feel good and I wanted to feel happy and I wanted to feel a little bit stronger you know going down the road of doing these major cuts and trying to get abs and stuff it just I just didn't achieve anything do you know what I mean I went back I went back eating again but making healthy choices um like 1500 calories a day for a 39 year old six foot i don't know what the heck i am now six foot three six foot four twelve and a half stone man at a thousand five hundred calories is not realistic like and even though the calories went back up after a while they didn't go up that much um so you know it just goes to show you might have your abs but you could be screaming inside for some food, which is what I was. And when we don't and I really didn't need that. But anyway, I'm going off going completely off topic. So the gyms reopened, that was good. The shops began to reopen and stuff, and I knew I needed to get a job because there was no way I was going to stay in the house any longer. And even though the state were giving me 350 euro, um, I felt I just needed to earn my own money. So I started applying for jobs and to be quite honest with you, it was a little bit heartbreaking because I had such a plan for myself and such a plan for my life before coronavirus. I was getting into the media. I was going to be a, a presenter, whether that was on radio or on TV. Um, Grant, I was doing modelling. You know, it was a means to an end, but it, it wasn't where I wanted to be. I was going from job to job and kind of not really staying in these jobs because I wasn't happy in them because I just knew that my my calling is in the land of media so that was my plan and then the world fell out through its arse and then corona came along and I kind of pushed all that back and instead of taking a knock back like you know I went over to London I did some tv training um I did some small bits on radio I set up this podcast I did as much as I could while inside the four walls of a house while the world was falling apart but when the world reopened and I had to get back out there and apply for jobs, even though I had put like a small little step in the door, I still felt like I was way back two years ago when I actually said to myself, right, I want to be a presenter. I was still nowhere where I needed to be. And I know we're all on this journey and I know there's probably people watching me on Instagram or on social media and they're probably thinking, God, I'd love his life. You know, he's he, he, he makes so much of his time like with his stories or... You know, he's always involved in something with the media and stuff. But again, it's all a snapshot, guys. Like, we all know that social media is just a snapshot of what's going on in your life. It's not your day-to-day. So realistically, the day-to-day is I'm just your average guy that's living in Clare, that's striving to make it to the top. But he's just constantly hit back with these with these doors. And that's what comes with the media. And I know that. So, you know you just keep pushing on like I I keep sending my showreel to places I keep trying to make my contacts you just do that I try not to get disheartened but I was disheartened applying for jobs back in retail now listen retail 
you know, you can have a good career in retail if you want it. But I've been there and I've done that. I've over 15 years retail behind me. And I had said, you know, when I had left retail, I said I was never returning to retail ever again. And I had closed that door. And here I was back applying for jobs in retail again. And I was like, okay, look, just Timmy, just get on with us. I actually applied to old retailers that I used to work for. And I got rejected for jobs um, from those old retailers. And the reasoning why I was rejected for those jobs is because I was told that I, that I was old school and that the style of retail that I worked in um, didn't exist now and that there was no hierarchy and that there was no. Um, so like when I when I was in retail back in like the early 2000s into well, back into the late 2000s, it was a very hard industry um, and you were managed and you were managed hard hardly. And I worked myself from the bottom right up to the top. So by the time I had made it up to manager, you know, I had slogged my way up. I had really worked hard. like. Um, so I suppose I would have had old school values like that, where if you're in there to work, if you're in there with me, you're in there to work and very high expectations. Um, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the man that I've become that I have, you know, I have high expectations of people and I have high expectations of myself. I don't do things half assed. Um, and I was told when I went for these interviews that I had come from a different time in retail and that that time didn't exist now and would I be able to transition into the world of retail now and really I suppose behind it all all is that they were saying is that I was old now <laughs> and that I was touching 40 and I was no longer that young guy in my 20s that could bounce around the shop floor anymore or maybe I'm just being paranoid but hey, I didn't get the jobs. But I got a really lovely job in a jewellers in Limerick. Um, and I'm still there today. And I really do like it there. But let me tell you, the day I drove in, so the, fir the first day I drove in for my first day of work, I was so, so down on myself on that drive in because I was like, here we go again. It was like life was coming back to full circle. And I just felt like all my dreams were falling apart. But I'm a huge, huge believer in the universe. And the universe always has your back. And I have to constantly remind myself to take it day by day. I'm in a job that I really, really like right now. I'm really enjoying it. I'm making the most of it. And I'm making the most of the time that I have. And that is all we can do with our life right now. Because... I do believe we're all healing from what's happened the last year and a half. And we're not on top form anymore. We're not our top selves anymore. So the Timmy of a year and a half ago that was just bouncing with energy and confidence. And like, I'm going to do this in my life. I'm going to do that. He's still there, but he only comes out every so often. Um, the majority of the time I'm like, right, okay, I'm nearly 40. I still haven't achieved what I want to achieve, but hey-ho, here we are. I'm still living at home with my mum, and look, I have a, I do have a fantastic life. Oh, excuse me, um, compared to other people, and I do count my blessings, and I try to stay on the positive side of things, but let me tell you, that drive back into, into the land of retail was really, really a bit of an eye-opener, and it was a scary one, because... 
it was just it's like I said we're healing now so I was kind of driving into the unknown back into the unexpected again it was like I hadn't been really around people for over like a year and a half and I actually started on the day the day that the country reopened and when I started in the store there was like just hundreds and hundreds of people around me I was like this is this is crazy I'm back around people again but I actually loved it and I was getting up in the morning, I was doing my workout, I was around people there, then I was heading into the shopping centre and I was around people, customers, you know, the people I work with and having the laugh and stuff and I was like, oh my God, this is why I loved retail at the start, is because I can have chats with people, I'm a talker, I'm a conversationalist, it's what I love to do, that is why I loved retail from the start, is because I can stand there and I can have those chats with people, I have ladies coming into me, telling me about their husbands, their boyfriends, their affairs you know their sons wives kids you know the whole lot I I will I've had chats with people that have lasted 20 minutes to a half an hour on the shop floor because I'm just so enthralled by what they're telling me I was like this is really good this is really really good for my mental state and then once I started earning money again I was like okay I'm in a good place so right now where I am is I'm enjoying my job and I'm taking it day by day um and you know I'm on the podcast when I'm on the podcast I did take a break from the podcast because I just needed that break away because I needed to get back into the world of um well I just needed to get back into the world I suppose um and I need to focus on other things so hence why there hasn't been an episode in three months but look there's no time frame on life so um here we are so I suppose I touched a little bit there on social media and I, I did kind of ramp up my social media the last couple of months as well because I found talking to Instagram and, you know, having a bit of crack on Instagram and engaging with my followers and stuff really kind of did keep me going through lockdown. And I was noticing on my social media the past kind of couple of months, I was noticing like wrinkles and some mornings my skin would be kind of a little bit grey or whatever way I'd look in the mirror if I was styling my hair I'd be like oh I think my hair is receding a little bit and then I'd go Timmy you are only a couple of months away to 40 so all my 30s are gone all my 20s are gone all my teens are gone and all my childhood years are gone so I've done three decades and it's a scary thought it's a really really scary thought and I was beginning to notice these wrinkles and I was like, do you know what? Am I going to get Botox? Because I feel like... So what I used to do, when I used to do my stories on Instagram, I would automatically put a filter on straight away. Because when I put the filter on, it would smoothen out all those lines. And, I, and I'd look at the story and I'd go, oh, actually, yeah, I, I kind of look good there. That's okay, I can put that out. But I'm putting the false image out to people. So why am I doing that? Why do I feel the need to put a false image out to people on social media? And these are people who are following me, who are connecting with me and love listening to what I'm saying and what I'm talking about. They ain't looking at my face. They, they have no interest in my face. They're listening to what I'm saying. So why am I putting the filter on? And I started thinking more and more about it. And then I started talking about it on my social media. And I started saying it to my followers. And I started saying, do you know what, guys? I'm fucking tired today. I've wrinkles up here. I've crow's feet. I've you know I've bloody bits of grey hair coming through my beard and stuff and the the I've been offered Botox before in the past I've been offered for free but I've always stepped I've always stayed away from it because I'm attracted okay so I have a specific type of man 
And my close friends will know what my specific type of man is. My type. My type is a short guy. Um, anything from five foot to like five foot five. <laughs> I like blonde guys. And I like guys who are big personalities. And I like blue eyes. That's my type. And that's the type I have more or less been attracting into my life for the past 10 years. Now, they do say that the type that you attract into your life is not actually the type you're meant to be with. The thing I have with small guys is, because I'm so tall, I like to have like a little pocket rocket. And I always feel when I put my arm around them that they're my man. And I'm going to protect them and I'm going to mind them. And that's my man. I like blue eyes because you can look through blue crystal blue eyes and just fall in love with them. And I, I always find with short guys that their sense of humour is always a little bit, they're a little bit more sparkier than tall guys. Um, yeah, but that's my type. And do you know something? I've gone completely off topic and I don't know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> because I went talking about men. So one thing I went from age and now I'm going on talking about men. Um, okay, so Timmy, you've lost, you've, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. So, uh, back to the filters and I'm sure it'll go into the reason as to why I was talking about my type of men. I'm sure I'll end up going back into that along the way. But anyway, I was putting the filters on and I was like, right, I need to like, I need to like, just be realer here with my, my pictures and stuff. And I need to... I need to just, or my story, sorry, I need to take the filter off. So I'd take the filter off and I'd be like, oh God, look at my face. And, oh, sorry, I know exactly what I was saying. The reason why I haven't had Botox is because I am not attracted to men with Botox. I love, absolutely love a wrinkled, lived in face. I think it is the sexiest, most attractive thing that a man can have. Now, this is why I'm going on to the, my type of being short, blonde, blue eyes and a little bit of wrinkles. They have to have an aged face. And I just think there's nothing sexier than seeing an aged face on a man because you know he's lived, you know he's laughed and you know he's cried. And just, I just love, an, I love a face, a really like, um, a face that can show a lot of expression. I just love that in a man. So I was kind of thinking to myself, why would I take that off my face if that's not what I'm attracted to? Because I'm sure there's guys out there who are not attracted to, attracted to that as well. So you're kind of cutting off, you know, you're kind of cutting off a whole section of guys there that wouldn't be attracted to you because you've got Botox and stuff. And also, I didn't want to keep up with the generation that were getting it, which was my generation and the generation after me and after me. And after me and after me and uh, <laughs> I just didn't want to kind of keep up with the Joneses so I said you know what I am out I am out for Botox I am not going to get it I am not going to get fillers I'm not going to do any of that I'm going to drink my water I'm going to keep my skincare routine and I'm going to stay positive about it so I was talking about it one day on my social media and a journalist for a radio show reached out to me and then I went on his show and we started talking about it, how I'm going to age gracefully and then I did another interview in a newspaper and stuff like that. So it kind of got me thinking that I have a message to tell or I have a message to say. And that's about growing older. My message that I try to get across is not about how we physically look, but how we mentally feel 
inside. And I know that sounds cliche, and I know we're listening to that every day, that what's inside is what counts. But what inside is what really fucking counts. Trust me on this. If you have confidence and self-esteem, you can get anywhere in life. It's taken me a few years to find my confidence. It's taken me a few years to find my self-esteem. The reason I have found it is because I've been slapped around by the universe. I've been messed around by men. I've been stuck in dead-end jobs. I've lived on the breadline. And I've had some good experiences. I've had some bad experiences. But when I look back, that has all brought me to where I am today. People used to say this to me. And I'd be like, okay. Maybe that happens for other people, but that's not going to happen for me because everything I do in my life just seems to be the same thing. I was going around in the treadmill. It was like circle after circle after circle. So everything, everything was just the same with me. And the years were taken by and nothing was changing for me. I still ended up with no money at the end of anything. I still ended up in the same job. There was nothing. I wasn't going to the next level. I was still single. I was meeting all these assholes. So back to the short and blonde guys. Clearly it's not working for me because that is what I was finding. And none none of it was working out. And it just kind of got me thinking, like, the universe was slapping me around to give me confidence and self-esteem to one day stand on my two feet and go, I ain't fucking putting up with this anymore, and find myself. And I can honestly say I have only found myself this year. And I would put that down to... The ending of something last summer, which would have led into heartbreak, which would have led into lockdowns, which would have led into coronavirus, which would have led into me finding my true worth. Um, and once once I found I had my confidence and my self-esteem and I could stand on my two feet and I could just fucking talk for myself and just stand up for myself, I just felt like a whole different person. And I now feel even the way people speak to me and the way people look at me, the way people talk to me is completely different to how they used to talk to me two years ago. And I put that down to my confidence and self-esteem. I now have the confidence and self-esteem to walk into a room with my head up and not give a fuck what anybody thinks about me in there. That's taken me time to get there. And I can now see when I'm in a room and I see someone walking in and they're hunched over and they're a little bit, you know, they're, you can tell a little bit shy or they're a bit nervous to be there. I can spot that a mile away because I was that person one stage as well. But like I said, bad experiences knocked that shit out of me. And I honestly feel like I have a crown on my head. And I honestly feel like I am a king amongst amongst men. And that's not being confident. And that, or sorry, that's not being arrogant because there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. And I'm not an arrogant person. And anyone that knows me knows I'm not an arrogant person. But I'm an extremely confident person. I have a lot of self-esteem. And I will stand up for me, for my friends, for my family. Anyone that says a bad word about me, you better believe it. I'm going to cut a bitch. Um, but I wouldn't have been like that up to two, three years ago. I would have been very much like, oh God, oh, I think that person is saying something bad about me. Oh God, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Now I'm like straight up to the person going, have you got a problem? But... Not starting on people, but just standing up for yourself. So I've really felt like I've come into my power. Um, and it is unfortunate to say that a lot of bad experiences in the past has brought me into my power, but I'm glad it has. And I now know, I now understand when people say, 
you have to go through shit to understand shit. I now understand that now, whereas I didn't in the past. So I just urge, so like, <clears throat> you know, when we were kind of talking, when I was kind of doing interviews on it and stuff, and, and I was really kind of getting a passion around it, I was kind of saying like, <clears throat> men all over the world, I don't want to say just Irish men, but men all over the world have a confidence and self-esteem issue. And I think we get that from when we're kids because we are knocked down a lot. And, <clears throat> excuse me, we are locked down a lot. And if we're not locked down a lot, a lot of us are babies by our mammies. And we find it hard to get on our own two feet. And I see that every day. I see that in the retail scene. I see guys coming into into my store with their wife or girlfriend or whatever. And their wife and girlfriend is doing the talking for them. Now, I don't put up with that shit. And I look straight at that man. And I I ask that man questions. And I ask him because it's... It's the man that wants to know, not the woman. Like, why in why in modern society are there still men out there that's letting their wives and girlfriends go into stores to make decisions for them? I just do not understand that. Why is there a generation of men who cannot stand on their own two feet? Why are we using this shit with excuses where, oh, the man pays the bills, but the girls does the, does the food shopping? Why are we still doing that? Why are men still doing that? I'm not saying every man, but I'm saying some men, if not the majority of men. Boys, you need to fucking stand on your own feet, two feet. You need to open your mouth and you need to ask for what you want. And that is where I am at in my life right now. And maybe I was that guy a few years ago where I'd let other people talk for me or where I'd let other people ask things for me or I wouldn't have the confidence to ask for something. But you need to find your power and you need to find your confidence and you need to find your confidence to go, right, this is me and this is this is what I'm looking for and this is what I want. Because you ain't going to get nowhere in life if if, uh, if you don't find it. So now I feel like a completely different person. So even though we're still, we're out of lockdown, life is semi back to normal. Well, semi back to normal if you're vaccinated because you can sit inside if you're vaccinated. But if you're not vaccinated, you have to sit outside in the cold, which I do not um, approve of I know why they're doing it I just don't approve of it this whole vaccine certificate and everything just leaves me very very uneasy I'm pro-vaccine but it is 100% the first time in my life where I have not had a choice of what I wanted to do with my own body and that doesn't sit right with me and I find it very very uncomfortable I'm due my second vaccine this week and I'm absolutely dreading it and I think it's actually the 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 feeling of the fact that I haven't had this, I haven't had a choice to have this vaccine or not, because I know if I don't get the vaccine, I ain't going to have a normal life because these vaccine passports are going to be needed everywhere for the rest of our lives. And, I, and I'm not being selfish. I'm not being selfish. And I don't like the culture we have nowadays where if somebody says they don't want to take the vaccine, that they're talked or that they're looked at as an anti-vaxxer or, you know, that they're, they're talked down or they're in a minority in society or blah 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 or you know I don't like that we all have freedom of choice we all have freedom of choice but we want to do with our bodies and right now in this world we do not have freedom of choice and it doesn't sit right with me however I am pro-vaccine and I am going to get my vaccine because look regardless of having a normal life we do have to protect others and that is all I'm going to say on that so um yeah Find your confidence, boys. That's all. I, I urge you. 
just uh, look from within and stand on your own two feet and shout from the clouds. Be the man who you are and don't take shit from nobody. So that leads me on to reality TV. This is a strange one because I've been on reality TV and I'm totally open to going on reality TV again. I'm in the process of replying for reality TV. I love reality TV. There's nothing wrong with it. But I spoke about Love Island a few weeks ago on my social media and I got a few kind of negative messages and people were kind of like, you're hating them, you're hating them. I was like, I'm not actually hating the people that go on the show um, and I'm not hating the show. I just have zero interest in other people's love lives. And I am entitled to say that. But a lot of people were like, but why don't, but why have you no interest? It's like people are nitpicking to get at me to say, oh, I'm actually jealous of the people that go on the show. That's not what I'm trying to say. That's what people want me to say. I just have no interest in people's love lives. <laughs> I can barely sort out my own fucking love life. Never mind watch other people's love lives. I just find it very boring. I just find... Okay, now, I've watched one episode. So, should I even be speaking about this? Probably not. I don't think I'm qualified to speak about it. But the one episode I've seen, I went, oh no, this is so boring. This is like watching uh, paint dry. It ain't for me. I'm from the days of Big Brother, when you had proper drama, you had proper controversial controversial controversiality that the word or did i make up a new word they were the days that i came from nikki Ra- nikki graham god rest her soul um brian dowling nadia almada you know all of those legends celebrity big brother all of that Gemma collins um kim woodburn eat your heart out that's reality that's reality entertainment not I got a text or they say that right I got a text or <laughs> I'm not matching with this person so I'm not matching with that person it just doesn't interest me it really doesn't interest me but big respect to the people that go on the show because I think it's a huge platform and I think if you're given that opportunity you go for it and you know what it's such a shame when I see things online like on social media where there might be a a headline on somebody that's in Love Island and the disgusting things that's written underneath it, like attacking their personal appearance. It's out and out jealousy. Anyone that goes on reality TV, you need to fucking back off and realise that it's reality TV. It's edited. They actually need to change the name reality because we all know it's not reality. It's a snapshot into a society or into a picture of something that's going on in the world. But it's not actually reality. You know, um, I suppose when you think back to Big Brother in the year 2000, the very, very first series of Big Brother, that was reality because they were 10, was it 10 or 12 housemates that went into a house with more or less hidden cameras and there was no fanfare. There was no real kind of proper editing or anything. Um, and that's that's reality. And then it just became it's it's it became a whole monster. Then it became a whole huge machine. So reality became edited reality. And this is what we're looking at today. So anyone to judge anybody that goes on reality TV, they really need to find their own happiness. Because like I said, I've been on reality TV before and I've gotten absolutely and utterly slated. Like you have no idea. Personal looks attacked, death threats, everything. Really bad. 
I'm going back years now. But, you know, that's hurtful shit. So people who go on Love Island, back off them. If you enjoy the show, watch it. If you don't enjoy the show like me, don't watch it. Now, I've probably spent way too long there talking about Love Island for somebody who's only watched one episode. <laughs> but hey-ho, here we go. Um, like I always say, I never ever plan anything with these episodes. Um, even when I'm interviewing guests, I rarely have anything planned. I'll always, re- I'll always contact my guests beforehand and to get to know them. But I prefer, I prefer just to have a chat. And just just to see where the interview goes. I love that. I love that. That That is how I interview people. It's like, right, let's just sit down. Let's just talk. Let's just trash it out. Let's see where this conversation goes. I don't want a list of questions. I don't want contrived questions. I don't want contrived answers. Tell me what you're feeling. That's what I'm all about. And I'm all about that in real life as well. And... I've only a handful of very, very close friends. And those handful of close friends know that that's what I'm about. I'm the type of person that I will sit down and I will listen to every single word that you're telling me. And I will digest and take it all in. Because I guarantee you, when I give advice, I know what I'm talking about. Because I have been there. And I have gone through that shit. Speaking of friends, it is so good that I can get back out there and I can meet friends again. I've been going down to Cork meeting some friends down there my two my two my two boyfriends I was going to say my two friends Jamie and Mike are getting married at Christmas and I so can't wait to have something to look forward to thank God that the government announced today that weddings can be up to 100 100 people but you know I see friends of mine and they're achieving things my my other friend bought a house down there and you know all my all my friends in Dublin and stuff are doing things with their life and stuff and I just cheer them on and I just think you know what just go you and I think that's what you need to do, guys, in life. You need to find your happiness and you need to cheer other people on. And you just need to be happy for them. We're not in a race. We are not in a race. Like I said before, there's probably people looking at me or listening to me right now going, God, he's really got his shit screwed on. He's really going places. You know, we're, we're not in a race. This is my journey. Everybody else is on their own journey. And the message I want to get across in this episode is to continue taking everything day by day. Go easy on yourself. There's no need to overachieve anymore. Nobody in life is overachieving. The world is not the world that it was a year and a half ago. Nobody is overachieving. Everybody's just doing the best that they can. And confidence and self-esteem, you need to find it. Now, I know I aimed this confidence and self-esteem talk at men I know for a fact there's women as well that feel like that you will find your power it might take a bit of time you will get there you will find it and listen I'm no self-help guru I don't want to be one I just want to be someone who speaks a bit of truth who speaks a bit of reality somebody who can come on a mic and just say how he's feeling so I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to have another episode out very, very soon where I'm going to have a guest on. So I hope you all tune in. And thank you so much for listening um, to episode number 14 of This Man's World podcast. Bye.